Welcome to One Sea. Would you please rise for our first song? you 
please remain standing as we have the scripture reading. Every single week we've used a different version. Uh, in, in ESV, the English Standard Version, we've had the message. Last week was the Revised Standard Version, which I grew up with because that was like in the 70s. And now we're going to hear from the King James Version. And um, kind of an ancient version. Um, got the these, thous, and untos in it. So, uh, but the same word of God. From Ephesians 3. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with his might by his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. You may be seated. Let us go to God in prayer. So if you would, please bow your heads. Great and gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this morning for your word, for that opportunity to hear what you have to say through the Bible. Lord, this morning we ask that you bless the message we're about to receive, the music we're going to sing, and the fellowship that we have. And Lord, we pray all this in Jesus' name and all God's people said.
Boys and girls, it is time for the kids' message, so come on up front. Come on up here. Boys and girls, come on up. If you have one of these, bring it with you. All right. Well, thank you for coming up. Come on up here. Nice slide. <laughs> All right. So you got one of these on your way in this morning? Good. These are so much fun, aren't they? These are helicopters, hand-powered helicopters. They're so much fun. Yeah, come on up. Yeah, you go like this. You put them between your hands, and then you spin them, and they fly, and they go up in the sky. Isn't, aren't they fun? You want to play with yours? You just put it between your hands and then spin them. What? You don't have a top. Well, give it a try anyways. How? It's not working, it just comes down? Well, that's no fun. Huh. So you, you just have a yellow straw. You don't have the propeller. You got a yellow straw too? Well, you know what? We are a lot like these propeller, these, these helicopters. You know that? How do you do it? You put it between your hands like this, and then you spin it, and it flies. But it, you're, no, yours doesn't work because you don't have the propeller, do you? No. Well, let's, let's look at Matthew chapter 28 and see what it says, all right? Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So you see, we are a lot like these helicopters. These helicopters can't go by themselves, can they? They just fall. But we have to send them, right? And then they go. And you know what? Jesus sends us. He says, go and make disciples. So Jesus sends us, and we are to go and make disciples. But you know what? It's not very much fun to just have a straw and not a propeller, is it? Because it can't go. That's why yours aren't going. But you know what? Jesus calls us to come and follow him. So the straw is good because then we can drink in everything that Jesus has for us. We can learn from him. We can be healed from him. We can grow from him. We can find comfort and encouragement in him. But he then says, go and make disciples. So we need the propeller too. Jesus gives us gives us a propeller to go and make disciples. That's the A of our DNA. Advance Jesus' mission. It's called the Great Commission. So Jesus sends us. Well, it took out my eye. That wouldn't be good, would it? Jesus sends us to go and make disciples. It's the A. Advance Jesus' mission. And you know what? Just like this helicopter has a straw and a propeller, we are called to come and follow Jesus to drink in from him, learn from him, grow from him, and then be sent out into the world with a propeller. And you know what? This great commission is not just for us to do alone. Just like it's not very fun for me to just stand here by myself and play with a helicopter, it'd be a lot more fun if you all had propellers too, wouldn't it? So we could all play. Well, it's a good thing I brought propel the propellers with me too. So after worship, make sure you stop by Next Steps and get the propeller to go with your straw. All right? So that way you can really play with your helicopter. And you can send it and make it go up in the air. Just like Jesus sends us to go 
and make disciples. It's part of our DNA. It's who we are, right? We don't want to just be a straw. We want to have a straw and a helicopter to go and advance Jesus' mission. All right? Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands. And you can repeat after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for calling us to follow you and for sending us out to advance your mission. Amen. All right, boys and girls, don't forget to get your propeller on the way out at Next Steps. And adults, if you feel like a straw and you want to find your helicopter, I'd love to talk to you. I, I love empowering and equipping people to live out the Great Commission. So you can stop by Next Steps too or give me a call. I'll buy you a cup of coffee and uh, we can talk about living out this Great Commission. I'm really glad that they don't get the propeller part till afterward because I could just picture during the sermon. Them just going all over the place. But yeah, make sure you get that so that you can have that image and that beautiful reminder that God calls us and sends us. Uh, welcome to all of you. Welcome to our guests. We're glad you're with us in worship. Uh, this is a time and a place where we gather together to lift up the name of Jesus. And we celebrate him who has done everything for us so we can have salvation. And again, if you're a guest, we'd love to get to know you. Stop by Next Steps. Maybe you can even get a straw and a propeller, as well as other gifts, too. We'd like to give you a gift and let you know that we're really thankful that you're here. Um, let's see, where do I want to go first? Holy Week. Let me just tell you. Holy Week. Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Sunday. It's all part of the same story of God's love for us. And we're going to pause and remember that time when Jesus goes into Jerusalem and the shouts of Hosanna. That's Palm Sunday. Then we stop on Monday, Thursday, where Jesus is in the upper room. He is celebrating the Passover meal that they have been doing for lots of years. And then we go to Good Friday, and we remember him placed into a tomb. And then we come back for Easter. I'd like for you to come and be a part of all of that. On Monday, Thursday, I'll just give you a little explanation. It's going to be a little bit different uh, we're going to do a Seder Supper. How many of you have done a Seder Supper? Just raise your hand. I mean, I'm, honestly, many haven't. This would be a great experience. The Seder Supper is when we kind of go back in time and remember what they were doing as Jewish people when Jesus was celebrating the meal. They, they were to remember the Passover meal. They were to remember how God saved them. And God says, you keep doing this. Don't ever stop. And so it's quite the experience. We will have tables set up in here. We will have the items that were used for the original Seder Supper. And we'll talk about the meaning, significance of it. Um, it it's a beautiful time. And then we're going to transition into the Lord's Supper. Because that's what Jesus did in that upper room. He was doing the Passover meal, but then he said, this is my body, this is my blood. So it's going to be a, a wonderful time together. And it all starts out at 6 o'clock, just so you know. We're going to have a, um, a meal together. So come at 6, um, enjoy the meal, and then we're going to go into the Seder Supper and then the Lord's Supper. So 6 o'clock on, on, on Monday, Thursday. Good Friday, we'll come together at 6.30, and then we're going to remember his passion on the cross and the, in the tomb, and then Easter. 
you don't want to miss Easter. It is what uh, we live for, right? And it's what empowers us on this earth, but also gives us the glories of heaven. So please come and be a part of all of those. We're going to keep talking about it. And if you have some family or friends or neighbors or coworkers or classmates, invite them to come and be a part of this too. It's the greatest story ever told. Um, then April 16th, it's not part of the Easter and Holy Week, but we're starting a brand new worship service at 5 o'clock on a Sunday. And it's not going to be in this room, it's going to actually be in the youth room, which is over there um, on the east side of the campus. And we'd love for you to come if, you, if that's a better time for you. Or maybe you have family and friends that maybe this would be a little bit more intimidating and maybe something smaller would be better. So April 16th, 5 o'clock, that's when it, the first service is going to begin. All right, other things that are going to happen, if you have prayers that you would like to include into worship, uh, feel free to get them to us. You can text them to us, and uh, we'll be ready for that. Um, Holy Communion, we're going to celebrate soon. And um, what we believe, it's bread and wine, but also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. So the grace of God for all of us. Uh, that's it for announcements. Uh, may God bless our time together.
know that last verse? It talks about when he's going to come again. And I don't know about you. I can't wait for that day. I cannot wait for that day. But until that day, Jesus gave a gift to his people, you and me, to strengthen us, to empower us, to forgive us, just to keep us going. So my prayer is that when we celebrate this meal today, you walk away renewed, refreshed, empowered, and ready to take on today and tomorrow and the other days. Now, one of the things we've been doing as a church is we profess what we believe about our sinfulness, about our need for a Savior, about what is in this meal, and also how we're going to live our lives. So I'd like to encourage you to profess this together with me with the words that will be up on the screen. So together, I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in and through his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And again, just to put right in front of all of us, the most important truth is that God sent his son and Jesus gave his life so that you and me can have forgiveness of sins and life with him forever. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And again, may God be glorified as we experience his love for us because these gifts are given to God's people. Amen. like a hurricane I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy 
When all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory, by glory. I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. I know, I know how he loves us so.
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we bring our prayers to you spoken and in our hearts from our 1C family. For my brother, he had too many strokes. One artery is clogged that goes to the brain. For Aubrey to recover from her emergency surgery so that she can go home soon to be with her family. For a good checkup for my dad on Tuesday. For Donnie, that his health continues to get better and his surgery goes well without complication. A prayer that a friend finds true love and happiness. For strength and courage to follow my mission in life and to keep going forward no matter the sentencing coming up. I pray for all the people that are struggling like me. I pray, pray for my own struggles, for my other half and for family and friends prayers to everyone at SOS for not giving up and keep fighting the good fight. A celebration for River Grace, Nelson's birthday yesterday. Parents Ashley, Kelby, and big brother Jackson Nelson. For John, for always having a smile that shows his true passion and love for the church. Gracious God, there has never been a greater love than you. We thank you for taking all our trials, our sorrows, our pains, and our sufferings to the cross. And we also thank you that you want to share in our joys and our blessings. And it's all through your son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In my devotions this week, I came across a, a psalm that really fits the theme for today. You will see the word all in Psalm 67. And I think it's a reminder of the scope and the passion that God has that everyone comes to know him and praise him. So we're going to do a responsive reading of Psalm 67. And um, again, the bold sections are the section that you get to read. So let's do this. May God be gracious to us and bless us. May his face shine upon us. Selah. That your way may be known on earth. Your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Did we? Thank you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. The earth has yielded its increase. God shall bless us. And let's just leave that up for a second. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. The word all, repeatedly in Psalm 67. So for me, it's just a great reminder that from the very beginning of time, for a long time, God's heart and passion is that every single person that has breath would praise him. And in order to praise him, it means that they would know him. And in order, order for them to know him, God uses people like you and me. And so that's why we've been on this journey of what's called spiritual DNA. And, uh, it's, and today we're going to be looking at, well, the three ways we've described it over the years was connecting with others, the word out, and advancing the mission. Remember, we talked about depending on God, nurturing relationships, and now we're going to talk about advancing the mission. Now, do you remember the little phrase I said? Because this is so important for you and me. There is nothing more important than what? Yeah. My spiritual growth and well-being. There is nothing more important than my spiritual growth and well-being. And we've been looking at Ephesians chapter 3. And we've been hearing different versions and translations of it. But it's all pretty close. Now, King James says it this way. This God, right, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. There is a God out there that can do so much. And then we've been repeating this, this thing, right? There's two things to believe and one action to do. The first one is to believe that God is able to do more. Can you advance that, please? That God is able to do more. And I know that blows our mind because we can go back to creation and we, we can be reminded that he spoke everything into being. And wow, can you imagine? 
just to say, let there be and there was? How could there be more than that? And then when sin came into the world, and just remember, it's not just one sin from Adam and Eve, but it is sin that has accumulated from Adam and Eve all the way up until us and then to the very end of the time. That pile of sin is so big, and in many ways it feels infinite, and yet there's a God who says, I'm going to send my son to come to this earth, and he's going to take care of all of that. Now, how, how, can it, how can there be more than that? Well, there is, and God wants to do more. And then, uh, if you can advance it, God wants to do more through each and every one of us. And I know um, there are times I don't want to know this, I don't want to believe this, because I have my agenda, I have the things I want to accomplish, and yet throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, God repeatedly says, people like you and me, he wants to do things in and through. So he wants to do more. And what is that more? That's why, you know, we have these two things to believe. And then the third thing that we are to do, if you would advance, please, is to pray. Pray that God shows us what more he wants to do in and through us. And I don't know if you've been doing this, but I'm going to encourage you. Pray fervently. Pray often. And if you ever want to come and like meet with me or say with Greg or Randy or any, any of us, we would love to pray with you about that more. I mean, Greg made reference to it in the kids' message. Stop on by. We'd love to talk with you, pray with you, encourage you about this more thing. But just on your own, would you please, please pray. Lord, Lord, you can do more. Lord, you want to do more through me. Lord, what is it that you want me to do more of? And I've said this in some of the groups I've been in. Um, when you hear the word more, sometimes we get nervous. We do. That's a natural human condition. But I will tell you, it is always good to listen when God says to do more. There's many stories throughout scriptures when people did not listen and it didn't go well. So, we've been on this journey. We've been looking at these three things. If you can advance that, please. Depending on God, nurturing relationships, and advancing the mission. And you could almost put an arrow from one to another because I do think there's, they're kind of sequential, but not totally. It starts with this. It starts with us looking to God, going to God, hearing from God, knowing God, loving God. It goes like this. And then when we're all filled up, it starts going out and we start having like really good, healthy relationship with other people and where we talk about this God and we love this God together. That's why we really encourage people to be part of a DNA group. And just so you know, there are about 200 people in our congregation that are doing a DNA group. Again, to God be all the glory. It is glorious and wonderful. But then once that starts happening, we start getting filled up and these relationships are strong, then it starts going out like this. We just can't keep it to ourselves. When we depend on God and we nurture relationships, we are moved and stirred to want to go out like this. 
And here's going to be what I call a little uncomfortable moment for all of us. If you look at your life and you come to the conclusion that I'm really personally not advancing the mission, in other words, telling people about Jesus, whether it's in word or deed, I'm going to say something that I believe. Because this happens in my life. When I am not advancing the mission, and you could say I'm a pastor, and I, yeah, I do it for a living, but I'm talking advancing the mission even when I'm off duty, right? But I know that there are times when I am not depending on God, and I'm not in the word, and I'm not doing this thing, or I'm not in, in nurturing relationships with people, all of a sudden I kind of step back, and I'm not really advancing the mission. So do a little soul searching here. If you find that in your 24-7, in your 365, that you are not spending time advancing the mission, go back to the other two things first. How are you on depending on God? How are you when it comes to being in relationship with people where you learn and grow together as God's people? Kind of heavy stuff. Uh, I'm going to take the pressure off for a second. Just for a second. All right, I'm going to come back just so you know. But I want to talk about somebody named the Apostle Paul. What do we know about him? Let me just kind of go through a list that I wrote. Uh, his original name was Saul of Tarsus. And what was important about that is he was both Jewish but also a Roman citizen. And God ended up using that in a powerful way later. But he had that kind of dual thing going on. He was part of God's chosen nation, but he also was a Roman citizen, which gave him rights and privileges. Uh, he was a Pharisee trained by Rabbi Gamaliel, and he was a very, very prominent rabbi. And it, it's almost like on a resume, putting something on there that people go, whoa, wow, look at you. That's exactly what it was for this person named Saul. Um, he was actively tracking down Christians and having them killed. Perhaps the most famous one was the story of Stephen, where he was there watching Here's Stephen standing up for his faith, being stoned to death. He met Jesus on the road to Damascus. His life was changed dramatically. Uh, as you look into probably the book of Galatians, you'll find out that he had poor health throughout his life. He struggled with something. And um, he talks about this thorn in the flesh. Some people think it, it's like his eye health that he couldn't really see well, um, but nobody knows exactly what the thorn in the flesh was, but it was, it was there all the way throughout his ministry. We know that he was martyred for his faith in Jesus. In other words, he did not back down in his love for Jesus and his love for telling people about Jesus. Ready for this one? This one um, is kind of new to me because I was just, you know, you Google how many miles did um, the Apostle Paul travel in his three missionary journeys? 10,000 miles. Mostly by foot, a little bit by boat, but mostly by foot. He established at least 14 churches. And he did this in a span of about 30 years. He was converted. Um, 33 AD, he died somewhere around 64, 65. And so in 30 years, this is what he did. 
Next slide. This comes from 2 Corinthians. It's a kind of a summary. This is some of the things that he went through as he was advancing the mission. He was hard-pressed on every side. He was perplexed, persecuted, struck down, and delivered to death. He was put in prison. He faced riots. He had to go many nights without sleep. He was often hungry and thirsty. Sometimes he didn't have any clothes to wear. He got cold. He was slandered. He was sad. He was whipped as a punishment by the Jews five times. He was beaten with sticks three times. He was stoned and left for dead. He was shipwrecked three times. He was left floundering in the ocean for 24 hours. He faced robbers. His friends left him. Some of the churches he founded rejected him. What a list. And I would venture to believe if I said, hey, folks, if you sign up for this advancing the mission of Jesus thing, you're going to go through trial and trouble. I think if you're as human as me, sometimes we go, Ooh, wait a minute. I'm not so sure. Now, we live in the greatest country, right? We have freedoms to be able to share our faith. So I think these words, next words that we find in Acts 20, this is what Paul says. Even though he went through all of this, he says, what matters most to me is to finish what God started. The job the master Jesus gave me of letting everyone I meet know all about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. I'm going to read it again. Please let that sink in. After he's gone through all of this, all of the trial and the trouble of advancing the mission, Paul still would say, what matters most to me is to finish what God started. The job the Master Jesus gave me of letting everyone I meet know all about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. Now I know Paul would agree with my little phrase, right? The most important thing is my spiritual wealth and you know, well-being. I know he would do it, but he would also say these words. Next slide, please. There is nothing more important than to share the good news of God's grace. I think he would put it like right up there. He would say the reason that you have your breath on this earth is yet, yes, to praise God, but it's also to advance the mission. So that everyone will know this incredibly extravagant God who wants to love you and forgive you and to bring you into his family and give you eternal life. He, he would say, we should be sold out on this mission. That what is more important than anything is, yeah, our spiritual well-being, but also the spiritual well-being of others. So now let me bring it to you and me and what I call the challenge. And this challenge comes from a conference that I attended in 2000, all right, in 2000. And I sat in this conference, and there were probably, I don't know, 20,000 people in the conference, gigantic conference, but boy, did it hit me. And here's the challenge. Um, it says this, the longer we are Christians, number one, the less passion we have for the lost. I'll say it's true for me. When I met Jesus in a very personal way when I was 17, oh my goodness, the passion was overflowing. Everyone, I'll just say this, was a target. 
my family, my friends, strangers, people at the store. It didn't matter. I wanted them to know this Jesus, and I had such a passion for it that I would be on a street corner in downtown Milwaukee waiting for somebody to have car problems so I can help them and then maybe share Jesus with them. I mean, I, I went downtown not knowing. I was just ready to be used. And now I'm a little bit more calculated with my passion. And I really want that passion back. And then the second thing that the person said is that the longer we are Christians, the fewer unchurched people we come into contact with. And that, I'm going to tell you, when he said this, it hit me right between my eyes. I looked at my, my world, my circle of influence, and everyone was just like me. They believed in Jesus. They walked with Jesus. They kind of looked like me. And I remember driving back, and I was driving right next, right by a, um, a bowling alley. There was a red light, boom. I'm sitting there, and I look over at the sign, and it says, Fall Leagues, sign up now. I don't know if you ever get a quote, a sign from God. Now, this was a sign from a bowling alley, maybe one in the same. So I pulled in, and I wasn't a big bowler, but I decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go in. So I go in and I say, I'd like to sign up for your fall leagues. Well, they say, well, what team are you part of? I said, I don't have a team. Just sign me up with somebody that needs a bad bowler. Just so you know, bad bowlers are really good for a team because of the handicap. So people like you. So I get to be part of this, this bowling team of, of three other people. And, you know, so you get to know those three other people. But then every week you, you kind of bounce around, you see other people. And I'll just tell you, the, the conversations I had, when people find out that I'm a pastor, right, it really changes things. And they start talking to you about all sorts of other things. The longer we are Christians, the less passion we have for the lost and the fewer unchurched people we come into contact with. I think this is one of the biggest challenges we have. So I want to now bring you into the Word of God. I want to share with you the who, the what, the where, the why, and the how. And it's not going to be Jim Thielen's words. It's actually going to be from the Bible. What does the Bible say about you and me advancing the mission? So that we don't have to have any confusion about this. We don't have to worry about translating this. It's so direct. And I'm going to walk through it quickly. Number one, this is, again, the who. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, I am sending who? You. And the, the genius of God's word is, yes, it was written 2,000 years ago, but that you means you. That you means me. That's the who. Secondly, the what. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of, the, of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So, we get to share the gospel, which is really the good news of Jesus. Sins forgiven, life forever with Jesus. All right? Now we get to the where. Actually. For it is, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, for faith as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. 
And again, it's this message of getting God's word out into the world. All right, now the where. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and in every part of the world. Now you may sit there and say, well, that's not my world. God gets it. But you do have a local area, and we do have the broader scope as we start thinking about where we get to go. And God wants to ultimately say, wherever you go, wherever you are, you get to share this gospel. Why? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For the love of Christ compels us. When the love of Christ is in you, and I do believe that when we're doing the depending on God thing, and when we're spending time with each other, studying that word of God, something starts happening inside of us. The passion gets rekindled. The desire maybe to even spend time with people who aren't Christians starts happening. And all of a sudden, we get to share it. And now the how. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So again, this idea of the Holy Spirit, it is not our power. It is the power that comes from God. It is who comes inside of you. This is a gift. It is given to you and to me so we can believe. And so not just believe, but then act it out. So may God's Holy Spirit be with you, stir within you a greater desire than ever before, to share the message of God's love. Amen. All right, if you would stand, let me share with you the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
glory.